Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Many times I have people who never, ever catch a bonefish before, and I would get bonefish for them many times, and that would make me so happy to do that. Yeah, to make somebody happy, it really makes me happy. To me, that's what it's all about, making somebody happy. This is Eagle Eye Fred from the Bahamas, and this is the Tom Roland Podcast. Welcome to the podcast today. We got a really special one for you. I'm going to go on record as saying, first time in history, there's ever been a podcast done on the water, on a bonefish boat in Bimini. And this one was a really special one because it was with Eagle Eye Fred. I put out there on Instagram that I was headed to Bimini and I wanted to go bone fishing while I was there. And who was the legend? And quite a few of you responded very nicely and gave me some suggestions. And several said, Eagle Eye Fred. Eagle Eye Fred has been guiding for 47 years. He's a kind-hearted, just sweetheart of a guy that actually does have eyes like an eagle. He can see. He pulls the boat like a man half his age. He gets around like a man half his age. He's uh, in great shape. And we talked about that a little bit. We talked about the things that he's learned over his 47-year career, the things that we can learn from that. And, you know, I just had a wonderful time. I had a wonderful time with him. I learned some history about Bimini that I didn't know. It was just a wonderful day. And I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed recording it because may have been my favorite one ever to record because before this was recorded i caught a bunch of bonefish and then right after this we went and i caught a bunch more bonefish and that's one of my favorite things to do catch bonefish on fly eagle eye fred is one of the best and 
He is really one of the best people to spend a day with. Like I said, super kind-hearted, gentle, just a really, really great guy. And I hope you enjoy this podcast. Eagle Eye Fred, Bimini the Bahamas, coming up. Let me set the scene for the people listening right now. Okay. We are in this back canal, back mangrove creek, and we're up against a dock that you came, you showed me before, and I'm in Bimini, and I'm with uh, one of the legends, Eagle Eye Fred. Okay. How how old are you, Fred? Oh, I'm 68. How long have you been a bonefish guide? From 1978, and um, from a kid. I love catching bonefish as a kid. Every day after school, I would walk in the water trying to get bonefish. With a hand line or with what? Sometimes a hand line. I had spinning rod. My father was a guide. Okay. So me and my brother, we had spinning rod. And you know? did you grow up on Bimini? Yep. 68 years. Were you born here? Born and raised. Third out of 13 children. What's it like to grow up on Bimini in this? In, in... Well, in those days, it was fun. You know, we... When we're not fishing, we're playing um, baseball or something like that. Is there a good baseball team? Well, they had the Bimini Marlins that win a couple championships before beat Nassau, beat Freeport teams out of Bimini. And did you play baseball? Yeah, as a kid, but not with the big guys, not with the big boys, no. Uh-huh. Yeah, just my age bracket when growing up like 12, 13. Yeah. yeah. And so the things to do on Bimini when you were a kid were, were playing baseball and fishing. Fishing, I love. <laughs> love, like, I mean, I was like somebody who was on drugs to catch fish. Yeah. I just love doing it, you know, every so day. did you ever think that maybe you would go out into the deeper water and, and, and offshore fish, or was it always bonefish? Always bonefish. Always bonefish always for you. Bonefish. And your dad... Did he was he, a guy. He too. was a guy here on Bimini? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so yeah. did he take you when you were a kid? He take me in the boat, not bone fishing, but he take me deep sea fishing, uh-huh. you know. But as a kid, me and my brother, we always like, it was something about catching a bone fish. And we were just crazy for doing that, you know. So how did it turn into a profession for you? Well, like I say, I like it. And after I went no, before I went Grand Bahama, I used to fish with Cordell, who was one of the older guides. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to fish for him sometimes. So, like I say, I always like it. I just couldn't help from doing it because I always like it. Well, what, were there any rules or, or anything about when you could start or did whenever you could, whenever you were strong enough to push the boat, you could get started? Yeah, I guess when you were old enough to guide, like to pull the boat and, and know what you're doing. Like maybe you could have started from 18. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like and that. so how did it, how did you get your first boat? This is my first This boat. is your first boat? Yeah. This, this is, is Mitzi. My, yeah. This is my first boat. I work for other people for okay. many years. You know, I even work, I don't know if you ever heard of a bonefish lodge called Deepwater Key. Oh yeah, sure. East End Grand Bahama. So I worked for them for a while. Yeah. I even yeah. had a friend that, um, that kind of ran that place a little bit. John Dickinson? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you work for John? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And John Anne, and Miss Anne. Miss Anne. And Paul and, and, yeah. and, and John. Yeah. yeah. And so Paul is now, he's at, um, he's on Grand Bahama now at the other lodge. What's that called? North uh, Riding Point. North Riding Point, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. We went there and, and uh, I fished there and had a lot of friends in common with Paul. I was very, he grew up on Key West, so that's, uh, and I knew, you know, John and, and 
a bunch of people together, Fitz Coker and, and all of the people from Key West. We, we had common, common friends. And then you and I have fished for two days now. Right. We had a wonderful morning this morning, but we also had some mutual friends. I guess in the fishing world, when, when people love it, they get around to all the different places and they find the people like you that, that are the, the legends there. Like you told me you fish with Pat Ford a lot. Right, a lot. And yeah. And um, I, li- I like fishing in people because, like, everybody be nice to you, <laughs> you know. So I like that, too. Yeah. You know? When you, you know, and then, you know, like I told you, I, I don't want to really call names, but, I you know, I fish some big people since I started. Yeah? Like yeah. who? A lot of people come to Bimini. Like um, <laughs> Jack Nicholas. Yeah. Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. John Havlicek, who used to play for Boston Celtics. Coach Bobby Knight, Roland Martin, Jimmy Houston. Yeah, Roland. Yeah. Roland's been on this podcast. Yeah, other people, you know, Stu Apt. People, Stu Apt. Yeah. Right. So, when you're looking at, at at what are the similarities between all the people that you just mentioned, like all of those guys are exceptionally good at something, yeah. and then they also love bone fishing. So, I'd like to know from your perspective, what's what's similar about those people. Well, I, I guess, like you say, um, Dick Jack is good with golfing, and he's good, also good with the fly rod. And the same thing goes to Jimmy Buffett. He's good with the fly rod, and he's a musician. Yeah. So, you know, I guess people like that, they just, like, take pride in whatever they do, and they be good about it. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever they get into, they be good about it. So, And that's like me, too. I like to take pride in what I do and try to be the best at it. Mm-hmm. How, who called you Eagle Eye the first time? Well, people that I fish, you know, because I always see the fish a long time before anybody else. So they start saying, man, you have eyes like an eagle, right? So I put it together as Eagle Eye. Yeah? Yeah. So, so how, is, how has Bimini changed? Because, like, I was looking, well, we were over at the Big Game Club eating dinner, and, of course, Growing up and looking at the record books, I always looked at the records coming from Bimini, and this was always a place that I wanted to come and, and bonefish, and this is my first trip to actually to come bonefishing here. We were here um, doing some offshore fishing with Into the Blue, but we didn't get to do any bonefishing, really, but I always looked at those those records. James Ortwine yeah. had an amazing record. It was like right. a 16-pounder on 4-pound or 2-pound or something. It was incredible. So I would imagine that when when that was when that was happening, was that the heyday for Bimini fishing? Yeah, I think so. I think so. In the early years, yeah, because a lot of people used to come here to bonefish or deep sea fish, uh-huh. marlin fish, tuna fish. You know, you know how so much people come here to marlin fish or fish for tuna anymore, but still the bonefish. Yeah, bonefish and wahoo. Yeah, who comes? And are you staying busy all year long? Well, not all year long, but like starting from this is March. From this month, people start to book me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all through the summer and then yeah, into the uh-huh. fall. Yeah. And is there is there an off season? I would imagine it's a lot like Miami. You have about the same weather here. You're almost, almost the same latitude. So yeah, like the end of August, we sort of stop for a few months. Mm-hmm. So you were also telling me that there were. Um, Growing up here, there's been some, you know, there's a lot of people that like to come over to Bimini and have a good time. There's a lot of people that like to come over to Bimini and kind of disappear for a while. What other people have you come into contact with over the years 
like from the States? I came into contact with Willie Nelson before I know who he, <laughs> who he really was. Yeah? Yeah. Long time ago. Long time 70s. ago? Yeah. Uh-huh. So you hang out with Willie? Yeah, for a day. One day? Yeah, me and a friend of mine. So what is it like hanging out with Willie Nelson for a day? It was like that. Just good. <laughs> Willie like to, likes to have a good time? Right, right. Nice person, yeah. Yeah. Nice person, yeah. And then you were telling me um, about somebody else, a, a star that oh, was... Don Haggerty, he yeah. used to be here. Yeah, everybody in Bimini know him. Yeah. Dan Haggerty, that was Grizzly, Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams, right. Yeah. And so whenever he was finished with his filming, he would come for Yeah, months. he would be here, yeah, for the longest, yeah. But he was really nice, really nice person. He got along with everybody on the island. Nobody could say anything bad about him. And you know? what was, did he just want to kind of disappear for a little bit? or? Yeah, I guess so. Um, and he just hung out with the natives. He just loved hanging out with the people of Bimini. So he was just a good person all around. You know? Yeah. And this thing that we're... We're we're right up against a, a dock here that's built way back into the mangroves, and this is definitely not a tourist destination because pretty much you got to have a bonefish boat to get here. Yeah. Very few people are probably going to get back here. But tell me what this is that we're okay. looking at. We're looking at Martin Luther King statue. Um, one of the local guides by the name of Ansel Sanders he brought Dr. King here when Dr. King wanted some place peaceful for him to write the sanitation worker's speech. So this is where Ansel brought him to write the sanitation worker's speech in the boat. And um, this was in here. The mangrove was here. So he tied up right side the mangrove when he brought Dr. King here yeah. to write the sanitation worker's speech. And um, he told people that, like, maybe three days after Dr. King left from here, he was assassinated in oh. Memphis three days after. Wow. That's incredible. And so the island of Bimini, erected this statue and put this up here? Well, or? I think the Bahamas government, Ansel just, I guess he, you know, spoke to them and then they just put it there. It's cool. And he, what's cool is that it's not, you know, in a place that anybody would really know yeah. where it is. You got to. Yeah. But he, he does, even though he don't have a boat, he would get my boat sometimes or or my nephew's boat and bring him with people out here and he'd tell them about Dr. King. Yeah. Did you ever see Dr. King on? Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him and Jesse Jackson walking the street. Wow. I've seen him. Yeah. And I've seen Richard Nixon, too, walking the street before. <laughs> but that's when he was not president then. After? Yeah, yeah after. Uh-oh. Yeah. He was looking for a place to hide. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I He used to be in Cat Key. Yeah. That's, a you know, that's uh-huh. sort of here. Yeah, we went over there. That's a fancy place. Right. Is that uh, the um, when when we went over there to feed the stingrays on this trip, we were told that they have their own power plant there yeah. and their own cell tower. Yeah. So that's like rich people, big people with millions of dollars. I think you have to house so much money to be a part of it. That's like a club. Yeah. And you have to house so much money to be. Jimmy Buffett is there too. He has a host there. Wow, that's yeah. a beautiful area. This whole area is is so. It's so awesome because yeah. the water, you just have the clearest, cleanest water, and, and it's so close. Like the, the drop-off, when you go out of, you know, out of where we're fishing and, and you go out towards the ocean, how, you only have to go out about, what, a half mile, maybe a mile before you're going to be in very deep water? On the west side. Yes. Yeah, not on this side. Flats go way out on this side. 
Well, that's what we're going to do after after this, right? Yeah, we're we go check on, that out. Yeah, we going out on the flats. So, in, in uh, you've been guiding for forty forty. What'd you say? Forty seven. Uh, yes, yeah, I I start. Yeah, forty seven years. Yeah. So, imagine you're a bonefish. What does your day look like <laughs> <laughs> from your perspective of all the things you've learned in forty seven years? What? How does a bonefish go through his day? Uh, well. Like I said, different times of day, the bonefish, you find them different places. So, you know, sometimes you would go a certain area and you won't find bonefish. Um, like today we had just a little bit of problem finding some fish. Because mm-hmm. they're out. They were, Well, this morning what was happening is they were kind of hanging out in the hanging deeper water. In the deeper bit. water, right. We have perfectly crystal clear skies. We can see right. really well. We're not having any problems with clouds, but they're getting out in about three and a half feet of water. And making kind of a, a little mud. A little mud, yeah. And we were going along the outside of that mud and, and you know, finding single fish and, and twos and threes. But they like to hang out there for whatever reason. Until, I, I guess, yeah, I guess they find a lot of food there, you know. Yeah. Be able to kick the mud. And then, and then what happens to move them somewhere? The tide changes? Yeah, when the tide change, like... If you notice the tide, it's coming in, it's coming from south, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes north and the fish, like how we was up in the bay, the fish would feed, go north. And then when the tide changed, the fish go back south feeding again. That's the way they, they feed. And um, you just have to know the pattern of the fish and the areas where the fish hang out. And then, you know, your day wouldn't be so hard because you'll find fish once you know the pattern of where the fish can be. You have to have all that figured out. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to think sometime like a fish. Yeah. Yeah, so. How long do you think it took you to start figuring it out? Oh, man, from a from a boy, I, I, I really could have figured it out. Easy. Even when you were on foot compared to yeah. when you're in a boat? Like, yeah, yeah. I know. Satan time when fish can be Satan areas. Yeah, it wasn't hard. Not for me, you know. Because like I say, I like doing it. So I guess, you know, I, I caught on to it easy mm-hmm. and then as far as getting business where they're just how, how did it how did that go were there some kind of rough years in the beginning or did you start well, working right away not too rough getting business i would give people my card and and, and they would tell friends and i would try my best to get fish for everybody even though you know you can't get fish every time but i'll see if i fish 20 days, I'll get fish at least 18 out of 20. Not bad, right? Yeah, it's very so. good. Very good, especially when you factor in the whole year. And right. There's so many days where the weather is not right. perfect. Right. And I, I see on bad days, some bad days when people think you would never get a fish, I get fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's your favorite um, What's your favorite way to catch the bonefish? If you had one situation... Fly fishing like you, <laughs> a good fly fishing like you, I I love it. If someone can use the fly rod like you, yeah, you know. But you know, it doesn't happen like that. You don't ever have people with good like you. Yeah, well, that comes from a lot of practice. So let's talk about that for a second. Like yeah. when Pete, when you see people, dudes from the states or England or wherever, they're getting on your boat. You've seen this for forty-seven years. There's got to be a lot of mistakes that you see. Or, or things that people could do that if they would just practice just a little bit, yeah. what would you say 
because what what happened is a lot of people they come with a lot of good rods and stuff, and they don't have the slightest idea on how to use the <laughs> rod. You know, so a lot of times I I try to teach them, but you know it's hard just to get it right the first day. You got to practice. A lot of times they be looking back. I don't like that. All you have to do is once you know how to do it, you could feel when the line go straight now to the back, and then you come forward. Because if you come forward too fast, you won't get a catch. Right. You know. So right away on on the first um, few minutes of the trip, soon as somebody pick up a fly rod, I know if they could use it. Yeah. Yeah. Right away. Once they pick that up and they try to cast that, I can tell them right away this thing will work. <laughs> <laughs> have you had some, I'm sure that you have some extremely frustrating days as we do as well in the many, Keys. Many, many. But I many. mean, there's there's times that you just... I, I, I try to be good with everybody though, yeah. even though it'd be tough, you know. But you know, the, the key to this business is um, if you could be nice to people, then people going to appreciate you and they'll send people to fish with you. Yes. So, you know, even though you go through the tough times, but you still got to, you know, Pull it and be good and try to get fish. Right. Well, that's what that's what I've said for a long time about being a, a fishing guide is that there are many goals, you know, and if the only goal that you have is catching fish, oftentimes you can get that person that can barely cast the fly rod a fish. Yeah. But you might not be nice to them all day and they might catch one fish and and you're thinking, okay. I did a good job, but they didn't have a good time yeah. because they got yelled at or yeah, because no. they were they were upset for whatever reason. And the the key is like if you just realize, you know what, this person is on vacation. They just wanna they just wanna have a good time. That did, uh, that's it. They're not very good, but we're gonna do the best we can. Right. And then that results in a good trip. Right. Because without without the people, I don't have a job. So you have to think like that. You have to be good to the people. In order for people to keep coming back or telling people to come to fish with you, you have to be good with the people. So, you know, I try every day to be as good as possible with the people. Did you learn that from a from a young age? Like, My mom always instilled in us to be good, you know. And I, I was never, ever in any problems uh, as a kid growing up, you know. And I have one son. And he's like, he's quiet. My daughters are more rough than mm. he is. He's quiet like me, you know. If I'm not fishing, I would be either home or my friend, my cousin, where I keep my boat, me and him would be out by his place, his place is right on the water, and we would be talking, you know. But other than that, bunch of friends, no. I like to live a quiet life. Yeah. A lot of times in Grand Bahama, that's where my wife at, she would want to go certain places and um she would ask me and i you know i say well you know i just don't feel like hanging out with a bunch of people so mm-hmm. you know i say well, if you want to go you go you know sometimes i'll go places with a just a pleaser but you know i don't like being around a bunch of people well that's a that's the that's the um com- very common thing with with fishing guides is that you entertain someone for eight to ten hours a day all day long yeah you're the comedian you're the actor, you're, you're the entertainment. And then you get home and you really don't have much left sometimes for the wife. And, and that's, that makes for a tough relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Do you see that many guides stay married in Bimini? Yeah. Ansel was married until his wife died. Um, Abby is married. Cordell was married. But him and his first wife get divorced, and he remarried another woman. Um, and, like, Billy Duncan was a guide. He was a preacher, too. So he he was married before I born because he had mm. kids older than me. Mm-hmm. So him and his wife never get divorced. I think if you grow up being a bad person, then you'll continue to be a bad person. But if you grow up being good, I think that'll stay in you. Yeah. You know. And that so, comes from your upbringing, right, your mom, really. Right, right. Never being bad, you know. And my mom always, they put that fear in you. Don't steal, don't kill. So I take that from a, a child. Yeah, I take that. I never want to hurt anybody. You know, like how people go around killing, mm-hmm. never want to. So Bimini seems like a very safe place. Do you ever have any trouble? Not like that. Um, I'll tell you something. Where I live, we have like, me and my mom built a house a long time ago. We have five bedroom, two bathroom, and we only lock our, we only lock our front door at night. Uh-huh. The back door, it stays closed but never locked. Never. You could come there any time, a morning, and open the back door. Huh. Nobody bother you. Yeah, nobody. You know, so you don't have to. It ain't like a place like Nassau. You can't do that. People breaking down your house in Nassau and shooting you. Or if you're trying to get home from work before you could open the door in Nassau, people would shoot you down like a dog, you know. Why Why is that? Nassau at some point must have been safe like Bimini. Yeah, it was. I know in the 70s it was safe, but not now. Too many guns. I don't know where all the guns coming from. Who, um smuggling all the guns in, you know, to the country. I don't know. What's the legality of a gun in the Bahamas? Can a can a Bahamian own a gun? Um, you have to have like a permit or, or a license like for a shotgun. Uh-huh. Not for a pistol. A shotgun, you, you you get your gun license every year. I don't need to have a gun. Right. Don't need to have a gun. Yeah. So Nassau kind of turned over somehow and and is not as safe as it once was. No, it's not as safe. They're doing all they could to, you know, get the crime down, you know, but it's just that it's people with bad mind, man. Yeah. People with bad mind go do bad things. But um, as happens. far as the government, the government trying. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do good. That happens everywhere. One of the things that um, was going on a while back was there was a lot of talk about the Bahamian government not allowing anyone, Americans, English, uh, you know, people from the UK, anywhere, people that travel to the Bahamas, not allowing people to fish without a Bahamian guide. Now, that seems to have changed a little bit since I was here a few years ago. I noticed that when we first started, you got, there's a fishing license. Yep. And so the guides are in charge of licensing the anglers? Well, the guides is not exactly in charge. It's like they they we just talk to them, right? The government who works in the office, we talk to them and we tell them um there's no way people could come here to fish and the office don't be open on a Sunday or Saturday. Uh-huh. 
So if people spend their monies to come all the way here to fish, what do you want them to do if you close? Don't fish and they spend money to come to fish. So we just talk to them and ask them if they could give us the form to bring, let the people uh, fill the form out and they give us the money and we turn the money into government. Mm -hmm. And so that allows people to, to fish with guides, but it also, you could fish on your own now or Yeah, I think, I think the guy would give you, um, but I think he would encourage you to get a guy, a guide to fish uh, with, but um, I think you could go and get a license to fish for a week or whatever Uh on your own. I mean, obviously some people want to come and try to do it themselves. Yeah. Some people are trying to save money. Some yeah. people are trying, you know, it's a lifetime trip. They don't have enough money to, to hire a guy. Their life, their, their, their one goal in life is to catch a bonefish. Okay. They try to do it. Mostly they're probably not going to be successful. Right. But I just, I, I mean, that was a, that was kind of a big thing that was going around on the internet mostly is that people were kind of wondering what that was going to mean to Bahamian tourism if that was the rule that they were really going to crack down on people fishing without a Bahamian fishing guide. And I'm not in favor of someone fishing without a guide Guide, necessarily. I mean, I want money to be going directly into the economy. Right. But also I have to say that there are like, I did this one trip. We went over to Elbow Key Uh and rented a boat and I spent three days fishing with a guide. And then I rented a boat, and all I wanted to do is take my wife and daughter out to some flats. They wanted to look for shells and starfish and stuff like that. And I just wanted to walk along there and see if there was any, any bonefish there. So I, I gave money to the, to the economy by a boat rental, right? three days of guiding, restaurants, rented a house, yeah. did all of that. But part of the reason that we wanted to go there was that we would have the opportunity to just kick around and look. And I always kind of thought that maybe that, I don't know, like if you take that away from people. Yeah, I know what you're saying. But I, I think you can get you can get a license, of, a fishing license, a bonefish license to fish on your own. Yeah. I think the guy, if you go into the administrative office, I think he give it to people before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nobody wants to do anything wrong. And what I was telling you earlier is that in the in the United States anyway, we are used to much more expensive fishing license than the $20 that yeah. it cost me. So I would, I would say, you know, raise that, raise the, raise the license fee higher would be my, my suggestion, but I don't know. Nobody's asking my suggestion. <laughs> well, you know, I, I go along with government. If they do it like that, I wouldn't even say anything. Right. I just go along with them. Right. So when you and your cousin are sitting out on the back porch talking, what do you guys talk about? Well, sometimes just fishing or little things, not not nothing much. Sometimes we tell jokes, you know. <laughs> you got a good joke? Well, I got one that I <laughs> could see. Um, I know he yeah. tell me he tell me a joke that his his father his father was a little dishonest, right? Uh-huh. And his father brother had a heap of sand. And his father steal the sign from his brother. And when his brother came and asked him, say, Doc, you see you see some sign I had here? So Doc tell him, say, no, say, the dog must be eat it. <laughs> so how, how could the dog eat a whole heap of sign? 
but he steal it, right? So, you know, that's that's he he told me that about his father. You know? <laughs> the dog ate the sand. Yeah. Do you you don't ponder any life of life's great questions sitting on the back deck looking at the ocean? Not really, you know. Not really. Not really. No, just um I I just thank God to know that I'm alive and well and I had a lot of friends my age die a long time. You know, a lot of friends. I think about things like that, that God spared my life because there's a lot of friends I know. We grow up together and they're no longer with us. Mm-hmm. I think about things like that. So you seem to take pretty good care of yourself. You're 68 and if you, you told me you were 68 on the I'm first 68. day. I'm 68. I'm 68. I would have thought you were right about my age and yeah. a fit 50. Yeah, no, I'm 68. I born November 16, 1950. So what's the secret? How do you stay so trim and fit? Your teeth are perfectly I, healthy. <laughs> you got the whitest perfect teeth I've ever seen in my life. I don't drink liquor. I don't do drugs. And I try to be good to my wife and kids. And my kids could tell anybody. They could talk about me good because I, I try to be the best father in the world. You know, things like that. I don't, And I don't have... Um, I don't stay out late nights. Mm-hmm. Um, nightfall don't meet me out. <laughs> you know, so I try to live and I, and I try to eat good. When I say eat good, then I don't eat a lot, right? I stay fit. My father was fit. My father died simply because he was a hard cigarette smoker. Oh. You know, and he died from hardening of the arteries. He just taken with a chest pain that night. In our time, he was dead. When they did the autopsy, they find out that's what killed him. Hmm. Tar, the, the blood couldn't flow to the arteries because the tar had it blocked. So that's how he, but my father was like 76 when he died and he was fit. He could have pulled or jumped, moved around like nobody's business. And did you ever smoke cigarettes? No. Because because you saw that happen or I never, I never get into the smoking cigarettes. Yeah. I never try to get into bad, bad things like that. You know, if I tell you I didn't smoke something else before, but that was when I was real young. That was when you were with Willie Nelson. And everybody, Nelson. I guess, Bill Clinton <laughs> tried, so I try it too. Right? Well, I mean, Willie Nelson comes to visit right. for the day. What else right. are you supposed to do? Right. <laughs> yeah, I tried, I tried something like that before, but never get hooked on, like how people get hooked on drugs. No. Yeah. Never. Well, you got hooked on fishing. Yeah. That that that's my drug right yeah. there. Yeah, that's and my guiding. Drug. Do right. you see? Do you see that there's a difference between if you were to go out fishing yourself, and you were to go out as the guide? Do you have a different mindset? Yeah, and I, I trust me. I like taking people more, and I like fishing in myself. I I get more enjoyment out of taking people, and my greatest um, enjoyment out of doing it is. When I could get out there and get fish for somebody and make that person happy, then I'm happy. Right. That's 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 what I get. I get a lot of enjoyment out of doing that, you know, taking somebody. That's how that is with me, you know. Love taking people. Because, you know, um, many times I have people who never, ever catch a bonefish before. And I would get bonefish for them many times. And that would make me so happy. To do that, yeah, to make somebody happy, it really makes me happy. You know, that's to me, that's what it's all about making somebody happy. 
And and that's how you um, is that the secret to happiness yourself for yourself? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and 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 my children, and my children. Yeah, if you were to to pick the or, or to blue sky out the best day you could have with your kids, what do you do as they're growing up? Well, we will sit down and talk and have a little fun like that, you know. But you know, all, right now all of my kids are grown, but mm-hmm. we still. Let me tell you what. Every day of my life, my two daughters and grandmama, every day of my life, I call them. Every day of my life. If one day go by and I don't call, they want to know what happened. Mm-hmm. But I call them every day. I talk to them every day. My oldest daughter, she's 34. My second daughter is 24. My son is 26. And then I have my favorite of all, my grandson, who's 13. You were saying he likes to fish. Yeah, he loves to fish. Yeah. So, and right now I just called his mom last night and I, I want to know if his uncle, them, if they come in for the Easter, because if they come in for the Easter, my grandson would come. You know, I just have to send his ticket and he's ready to come. Hmm. Yeah, I take him in the boat all the time with people. I let him cast a spinning rod for people sometime, but he love it. You know, so that's how it is. Yeah, but like I say, my kids and my one grandson, they're my life. When it, when it comes to them, you know, I try. You know, like some fathers in life, um, they never, ever do anything for their children, right? But I'm not that one. I'm the father who try to do for them all the time, you know. My oldest daughter, she just finished college in Georgia. I think I told you that. And her mom never came up with a dollar. To help do anything, everything was me. Um, she got a scholarship, but I still had to come up with thousands of dollars for a place for her to stay and books and, and stuff, you know, food and everything. So it was all me. And now that she, did she graduate? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now what does she, what is she getting ready to do? Well, or what is she doing? She's working. She's working at a government office in Freeport. She take up um, communications. So she's in a government office. That's where she works now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you think she'll come back to Bimini or she wants to? No, no. Her mom is from Freeport. Okay. She, my oldest daughter isn't with my wife. When I get married to my wife, I already, you know, she was already there. Now, my wife has two kids for me, a girl and a boy. Even though me and my oldest daughter, mom, wasn't together, I never, like, stay out of her life. I was always in her life. Always in her life. You know, her mom tell her one time, they come to me to look for some money, right? And she tell my oldest daughter, say, now, Telia, she named Fratelia, but we just call her Telia for short, right? Mm-hmm. She said, Telia, I want you to know if you ever come to your dad and ask him for some money and he say he don't have it, say, I don't want you to feel bad because every time you come and ask for something, you get it. Mm. So she make hard to know, you know, things like that. And they always know I always try to take care of them. My son, he was in a private school in the States, and it was only me to mm. do it, you know. Now my last daughter, I got to try put her in a college in Freeport, you know, save some money and try put her there because I can't do for one and don't do for Right. Right. So I try, I try to save some money and put her in a college. That's what I got to try to do. So that really brings kind of the economic value of a bonefish yeah. 
Like, does the entire island and the entire community see that? Because oftentimes, you know, the economic value of a bonefish is not immediately obvious to people that aren't fishing guides. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of people don't see it like how I see it. People would go there and like some of the natives and they would catch a bonefish and they want to eat it. Mm-hmm. With me, I want to release it because if I take them all out of the water, you know, use for you to come or nobody else to come because there won't be any fish for you to fish for, right? Right. So that's the way I look at it. Just keep them in the water. Yeah, but like I say, a lot of natives, they want they want to eat the bonefish all the time. No, I don't do that. People are always asking me to bring fish. I don't do that. How would somebody eat one if they wanted to? Well, they know how to take the bones out. Would you believe? They know how to scrape. They just cut the fish open, take the backbone out. And they have like a fork band, and they would scrape all the meat out. Before they cook it or after they cook it? Before they cook it. Okay. And then they put it back in the whole frame of the bonefish. They sew it up and season it and bake it. Really? They sew it back up? It's good, yeah. It's good, but, you know, like I say, that's my livelihood, so I can't take the fish out of the water. Is it better than snapper? Yeah, man, that's real good. It's flaky and white meat, real good. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about the barracuda? A lot of people... Barracuda is good. I would eat barracuda only from shallow water. Mm. Deep water, never. You know. Ciguatera. Right. Have you seen people get ciguatera? Yeah, man. What does it do to you? Give you throwing up and diarrhea like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, and make you feel bad. You know, I, I eat out of deep water. No. I'll, out on the flats there, yeah, I'll eat a barracuda. But most of the people, they'll eat them from the flats, not deep water. You know, it's a lot. You never know when they're sick. Right. I heard that ciguatera make you uh, not be able to tell hot from cold. You ever heard that? Well, I know I, I was poisoned with an amberjack before, and it made me, that day in, in the summer, it made me feel cold, cold. Huh. Yeah. You know, when it came down on me. When it comes to eating, like I say, eating the barracuda and stuff, I would only eat them out of shallow water. So what do you think for the rest of the day here, Fred? Well, we're going out on the big flats, and we go in maybe in the back of South Bimney, and we're going to look for fish, try to find some fish. we got to get some fish. That's what I think. Well, if you day. find them, I'll, I'll try to catch them. Well, if I find them, I know you could get them, too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't worry but you when it comes to, to getting the fish, well. you know. We got to practice. That's no. what that's what we need to tell everybody is that uh, in order to well, make your bonefish guide happy, you got to practice before yeah. you get here. Yeah, yeah. But like I say, a lot of people they I I think they want to do it because they see their friends do it and they have the monies to do it. But a lot of times they really not good with it. But <laughs> I would take the fly rod and show them. You know, I would show them. How about I pull? We find a couple of fish. I pull you around a little bit. You catch one. No, no. Yeah. Like I no. I, now you're just afraid you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to show me how you cast. <laughs> I can show you how I cast. I can show you how I cast when we leave from here. But if I tell you I have a bad elbow in here, you wouldn't leave it. Either. But I can show you how I cast. Yeah. I can cast. I want I, you to catch I, a bonefish. No, I can catch a bonefish. I don't want to catch a bonefish. I want to pull you. Uh, but I can show you. I could cast. Okay. I'm sure you can. Some of the best casters I've ever seen are uh, Bahamian guys. Yeah, I could cast. Andy Smith from the Bahamas is yeah. a remarkable caster. Yeah. Really. I could cast. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. All right, Fred. Eagle Eye. Yeah. This is awesome. How does somebody get in touch with you if they want to come to Bimini and, and go bonefishing? Okay. One, two, four, two. 
Eagle Eye Fred. You can call me at that number anytime and get me. All right. And you don't have a website or anything like that? No, I don't have a website. No, All right. You can always get me at that number, 1242-473-0580. That's it. I got your, I got your name from um, Luke. somebody, Luke, on Instagram. Yeah, I asked who the legend was. And he said Eagle Eye Fred. That's it. He was right. Yeah, they're coming down on um, Saturday. They would be here on Saturday. And he's a little disappointed that I can't take him because I already booked with some other people, but my brother would be taking him. I got you. Yeah. He's saying nobody like this. <laughs> well, that's the problem with being a really good fishing guy is people only want you. Yeah. But you're the only one person, right? Yeah, that's right. You can only do so much. That's right. But... You get my highest recommendation. You're a very pleasurable person to spend the day with. And you, I've been testing your eyes. Yeah. You do have eagle eyes. All right. They're almost as good as mine. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't that's have a, too many Americans say one. that, do that's you? That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. All right, Fred. Thank you for doing this. Let's go catch some fish. Okay, Tom. Thank you, too. Thank you. See you. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep-sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.